Thursday, everybody. That's right, Thursday. You did not miss here. I did not screw up my words here. The guest that I wanted to have on the Out of Sight podcast on the Liberty Ballers Network, I am Adil Royster, chill riot, chill vibes as always. Uh, the, the guest that I wanted to have was unavailable due to the fact that he was in Florida up until this morning, and uh, he, he's back in town. He went from the heat and the humidity of Florida to the heat and humidity of Pennsylvania. So, uh, yeah, no, no, no rest for the weary, no reprieves for my man Harrison Grimm, who's on the line right now. We're going to talk about his offseason primer piece, as well as some other choice news topics that are circling around the NBA right now. Harrison, what are you doing? What's up, man? How you doing? I'm doing good, man. Uh, today's been a long day for me. I, I was up at uh, 6, 7 a.m., had to catch a flight, uh, like you said, back to PA. It is now 6 p.m., so I've been up for about 12 hours. Got got a few more to go in the day, but um, I'm really looking forward to uh, talking about uh, my off-season primer piece along with some other NBA topics with you. What what were you doing in Florida? Uh, taking taking in some beach time, some beachfront? Yeah, yeah. Actually, I, I met up with my parents down there uh, along with my girlfriend. We spent the week down there, did some swimming. Uh, it, it was a really good time. And, and now that I'm back up here in PA, it's, it's actually hotter up here than it is down there. The only difference is there's no beach with crystal clear blue water. Seriously. Except, <laughs> it, it's just my backyards and, and some in some farm country. Let me try to explain it to people how hot it is in Philadelphia. Like, you remember the stage in Super Mario Brothers 3 where the sun is literally trying to kill you? Like, that's today. That's, oh, that's, yeah. that's basically been this whole week. And my apologies to any listeners that are in the Pacific Northwest. I'm not trying to get any sympathy from you guys because it's like 120 some degrees out there. So uh, stay cool, stay safe if you're in the Pacific Northwest. But yeah, that this is this is insane. This is ridiculous. This is nonsense. It, it is disgustingly hot out. I, I would know I uh, did some yard work, but before actually recording this and yard work, what is the matter with you? I, I know I, I have jet lag. I am hot. Thankfully, I'm, I'm recording right now. I'm in, I'm in my basement, so it's nice and cool down here. So I'm soaking that in. But um, it, it is just a scorcher that that Mario comparison is, is actually really <laughs> Really accurate to what it actually is outside. So let's start our offseason primer with the following that came out today with uh, Scott O'Neill uh, leaving on his own terms, quote unquote. Um, I tweeted this earlier today and I just said, you know what? Any opportunity that I can to use the Jazzy Jeff throw out of the house gif from Fresh Prince as it relates to Scott O'Neill, I'll take it. I don't care how he leaves, whatever. He gets that gift. Uh, how are you feeling about the whole Scott O'Neill not being in the building thing? It, it was really interesting to see. I was actually late to the news because I was flying. So, of course, when I flew, news broke. Of course, because uh, that's all that's always how the Sixers do things. Oh, oh, always completely. And I believe uh, Kyle Newbeck, who, who's on the Sixers beat, is also on vacation. So <laughs> I, I know how he feels. Um, <laughs> but but it was really interesting to see uh, that happen. Scott O'Neill, obviously, if you read Tanking to the Top, which if you haven't, I, I strongly recommend it. It's an incredible book, a, a lot of accurate reporting in that. Um, he, he was obviously one, one of the reasons that Philly got the Colangelos a few years back, which obviously led to some 
interesting years and, and, and transactions. Um, you know, I, I never want to root for someone losing their job. Um, but in, in this instance, he was one of the driving forces. If you've read that book, you know that. Uh, that, that led to Sam Hinkie eventually resigning and losing power within Philadelphia. And it, it was really interesting to see. Um, it, it's hard to read in between the lines. Was it really on his terms or yeah, <laughs> was it something else? Because, you, you know, keep in mind, Daryl Morey is very close with Sam Hankey. He, he was right next to him in Houston and, and obviously they, they share ties. So, you know, you, you can speculate between that. Um, but, but, you know, uh, Scott O'Neill was a marketing guy for those who don't know. He wasn't really tied with basketball decisions. I mean, that wasn't his, his job description, obviously. Right. There were times in which he may or may not have been a voice in that. Uh, but but it was really interesting to see that news, and, and the timing of it was really interesting. But you know what? He's, he's gone now, so we don't ever have to speak of him again. And uh, I'll, I'll just quote uh, our boy, Steve Littman, a.k.a. Stevie J., uh his his official statement is f that guy and i i can't say i disagree <laughs> at all with that um the nba playoffs going strong uh atlanta tied their series against milwaukee jesus christ i don't know if, can can you deal with another year of the team that knocks out the sixers being in the nba finals it would be two out of the last three and i i i can't stand it i wouldn't be able to take it I'll tell you what, that, that game last night, I'm referring to, uh, I believe, what was it? Game game four, I believe. Game four. Yeah, thank you. Um, where, you know, Trey Young's out. You, I assume you were expecting the same thing that I was, that Milwaukee's just going to steamroll them to an easy win, go up 3-1. Right. And that's not at all what happened. It was it was so interesting to see Lou Williams looked like old Lou Williams like he did in moments against the Sixers and Atlanta caught hot with some, with some of their shooters and then we saw Giannis go down which was really really unfortunate thank Yeah that was ugly when I saw it his knee bent backwards like all the way backwards and that that was, man it's amazing he has no structural damage that's incredible Oh, it's one of the best case scenarios possible. And, you know, just being a, a basketball fan, it, it was so good reading that because, you know, whether whether you're a Sixers fan or, or any kind of fan, you, you got to respect Giannis. He, he, he didn't quit on his team, on his market. He's a homegrown star. Um, I, I get there are moments where he can be a bit polarizing, such as sitting on the Sixers court in a regular season game, but... You know, you, you never want to see someone go down like that. And, and it was really good to hear that that it doesn't seem like it's anything super serious that will affect his long term future. And out in the Western Conference, you got the Suns and the Clippers. Uh, game six is tonight in Los Angeles. Phoenix leads the series three games to two. Uh, Paul George, for once, making a note of his self-proclaimed playoff p moniker um how do you see this going in game six in la it's tough to say um i've been really impressed with the clippers once uh news broke that Kawhi 
Now, we, we still don't know at the time of this recording exactly what type of injury it is. It, it was reported that they fear it might be an ACL. But since then, it's been pretty much radio silence, which kind of tells you all you need to know. Right. Uh, I, I thought Phoenix was just going to steamroll this team. Uh, Phoenix is a really talented squad. Obviously, they have a great starting group. And they're a really underrated team in terms of depth. They have a lot of players, Dario, who we're very familiar with, Tori Craig, who's one of my favorite free agents this summer, uh, Cameron Payne, who, who's really revived his career and has been such an entertaining player. Um, I was expecting Phoenix to maybe win this in, in five games. And I'll, and I'll tell you what, um, the Clippers realistically could have been up right now if they would have finished off. I believe it was either game two or three. I, I, I forget. I, I'm still on vacation mode. But right. It, it was the game where Paul George missed two free throws and then DeAndre Aiden had an incredible buzzer beater. And it was a beautiful drawn up play by Monty Williams. The, the Clippers have just been playing out of their minds. Reggie Jackson is working towards a really big payday. Uh, they've been such a fun team to watch, and it's really cool to see them not just roll over and 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 just lose in, in five or four games or what have you. They've been really entertaining to watch. Uh, so tonight, I, I, I think I'm going to ride with them. I, I think they might force a game seven, but I, I just can't see Phoenix losing with the talent that they have. What would be uh, the NBA Finals matchup that would have you – tune in for all four games or longer depending on how long the series goes uh just fyi the the suns according to fanduel sportsbook are favored by one and a half points in los angeles i'm not 100 sure if i agree with that but whatever uh what's the what's the finals matchup you're looking most forward to because for me i think it's atlanta phoenix Oh wow, you're going with Atlanta over Milwaukee. That's yeah, great. Trey, Trey Young and Chris Paul and Devin Booker all on the court at the same time. Yeah, gimme, gimme, gimme. That that's gonna be fun as hell. Well, well, I'll tell you what, assuming that Giannis is able to play, um, I'm definitely gonna go Milwaukee, Phoenix. Those are two smaller markets, and you know, we we've seen the the national media kind of frown upon that. Shout out to the smaller markets. Yeah. Both of those teams, Milwaukee and and Phoenix, they've had a drought for so long. Phoenix never won a title. Milwaukee hasn't won since Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and Oscar Robinson. Right. So it's really cool. That's the matchup I'm rooting for. I would be fascinated to see how would Phoenix defend um, Giannis, assuming he's healthy. And I would love to see – I'm a big Drew Holiday guy. I would love to see Drew Holiday chase around Chris Paul. Or, or Devin Booker. I think that would that, be fun too. Oh, it would be such an entertaining series. And you also got DeAndre Aiden, who's kind of coming into his own finally. He, he's showing more two-way ability. He, he's been a double-double machine. Uh, obviously, he, he's not Luka Doncic, but he's still a really, really solid big. Uh, so that's the, that's the matchup I'm definitely rooting for. Chris Paul, something he was quoted, uh, I want to say, last week or two weeks ago. Uh, we're going to help DeAndre secure a bag. And he certainly (laughs) seems like he's doing that now. Uh, Real quick about Phoenix. I have this mental complex. I'm wondering if you might have it too. Uh, Is it hard for you to root for Phoenix, given that their owner is, you know, Robert Sarver, who's probably one of the five worst owners in sports, in sports ownership history. I, I understand the argument for that. (laughs) (laughs) 
I, I wouldn't say that though, because there's there's a lot of likable both players and staff that that I like to root for. Uh, James Jones has done a tremendous job. It, it was a hiring at the time that was really questionable, but he's shown an ability to really put a winning roster together, and and I think he deserves a lot of credit. Monty Williams has been a phenomenal coach. We we've seen uh, he was an assistant in, in Philly for a while, for a little bit. Uh, a tremendous human being and, and, and great coach. So it's cool to see him win. And also seeing Chris Paul finally get to a final yeah. would be cool for, for just every NBA fantasy because he's always been labeled as one of the best players to, to never get there. Right. Um, so to see him ha- have a chance at that, I think that would be pretty special, especially given he's already 30 uh, some years old. I, I forget exactly how old, but but he's up there in age. And not like just a chance, like a legitimate chance. Because I, you know what? If it's Phoenix, Milwaukee, if it's Phoenix, Atlanta, I can't 100% say that Phoenix is not winning that series, even against Milwaukee and Giannis. I, I can't, I cannot rule Phoenix out. It, it, it's, yeah, it, it's tough. Phoenix has a really, really deep team. And and give credit to, to Chris Paul. He's He's been the main reason that this roster has just completely turned it around, his, his presence. His playmaking um, has really given Milwaukee the boost that they need, the stability that they need. And we've seen players like like Mikael Bridges grow, which which is kind of painful to see if you're a Sixers fan. Very, very painful, Harrison. Thank you. It is. I, I, <laughs> I was someone that loved him. I wanted him in the draft. I was ecstatic when they got him. And then they just shipped him, shipped him away. And I, I was pretty bummed that night. So... All right, Sixers offseason. Okay, do you want to just start with Ben Simmons, get it out of the way? It, it, it was funny when I when I tweeted out that I was writing this piece, that was like 90% of the replies of, of what people wanted to talk about. So so I'm good with starting off. If not, I, I think we should finish with it either or. It All is right. your podcast. All right, your- let's, just, let's just knock this out real quick. Or not real quick, we'll, we'll dive into it a little bit, but... Is Simmons on the roster to open the season next season? That is a loaded question. It's a very loaded question. I know, but still, <laughs> I, I have to ask it. Um, I, I think it's entirely dependent on if there is a big name star that becomes available. Big name we'll, star. We'll get to that, but very diplomatic answer there, Harrison. Very nice. Yeah, if a big name star is available, I think that becomes a lot more questionable. But if there isn't a big name star available, I think it's very likely that you might seem just hold on to him. We'll, we'll see what, what this development plan that they're apparently implementing in terms of a shooting is going to look like, if, if it'll look any different. Uh, so it, it, it's, a, it's a toss-up. I, I, I don't have a clear answer with that. I, I'm sorry, but I don't know. And I wrote a piece for Liberty Ballers, I think it was two weeks ago, where I asked the question, are the Sixers just stuck with Ben Simmons? Not to say that that's like a negative or anything like that, but let's say Daryl does some tinkering. Simmons is still on the roster. He improves slightly, at least from the free throw line. He's still a two-time All-NBA defender, a multiple-time All-Star, Defensive Player of the Year runner-up. Like, if Simmons is on the team to start next season... It's not necessarily the worst thing in the world. I think people need to just understand that a little bit. 
and and I, and I understand the fans that are like he he can't come back he he can't return I understand where they're coming from with that yeah I get those I get the WIP phone caller types that are like no we got to get rid of this guy but you know what can we not do knee jerk like right now I I know it's not necessarily knee jerk because we're four years into this thing but. I mean, come on. He's a 24-year-old kid that had a really bad series. All young players have, like, one bad series. Maybe two if you count that one Boston series where he had that one game where he had zero points. But I'm just not – I'm not ready to give up on Simmons. I've never been ready to give up Simmons. The only avenue where I'd be like, okay, all right, let's trade Simmons because you talk about big-name stars and – Dame Lillard's name is getting thrown out there. And if Simmons is part of a framework for a Lillard trade, uh, sorry, Ben, I love you, but it's Dame time. Oh, absolutely. I I think that you need to be willing to throw everything, not named Joel Embiid at at Portland and and say, here, we want this guy. Um, Damien, a a duo of Damian Lillard and and Joel Embiid would be incredible from a fit and talent perspective. It's something that you just can't pass up at this point. Yeah, just give us just give us the trophy. Just hand over the Larry O'Brien trophy right now if you make that trade. (laughs) Yes. Um, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah. Well, I I just wanted to say the the thing, the the misconception that I'm seeing a lot with, with Ben is there's a lot of people throwing him in, in mock trays with, with the Blazers for, for CJ McCollum or, or Malcolm Brogdon. And, and those type of moves are the moves that the Sixers should absolutely avoid. And, and I'm confident right. Daryl will avoid because uh, he's very smart. He knows what he's doing. But those are the type of moves that, that get you really stuck. The, the fine moves that are just okay, you, you don't want to mess that up. Right. And, and if worse comes to worse, Ben Simmons is on your roster next year. You can try and rebuild some of his value. Maybe wait for a star to become available, which will happen at some point if it isn't this season. So, the you know, it's not do or die. But at the same time, and I wrote this in my piece, you have to walk a fine line here. Right. Just do a deal to do a deal. But at the same time, the clock is ticking with Joel Embiid. He's only going to be this good for so long. So you need to capitalize on his prime while you can. You want to maximize his prime as much as you can. And I think that uh, on the Liberty Baller Slack channel, I proposed a three-way trade between uh, Philly, Portland, and Minnesota, where basic framework, Minnesota gets Simmons because there are reports that the Timberwolves really want Ben Simmons, which is fine. Uh, You take Ben Simmons, ship D'Angelo to Portland, and then we'll take Dame Lillard and then work in the margins as far as like additional young players, draft picks, whatever. But I, that's that seems like a, a workable thing for all three parties involved. Yeah, I'm not sure how, how Portland feels about D'Angelo Russell, mainly just from an injury perspective. He's had some really shaky seasons. True. With, with some leg injuries. But those are the type of deals, the, the three-team frameworks is what I think will happen in a Simmons deal where you see the Sixers getting a big-name star. You see Simmons going to a third team and then a team like, let's say, Portland. Let's say it's, it's a Damian Lillard deal. Portland would receive young players. It could be like Jaden McDaniels. 
Um, it, it could be Anthony Edwards. I'm not sure if they're willing to move him or not. Um, and, and along with draft capital, I, I think that if you have a deal structured like that, I think it's really intriguing, especially if you are okay with going into a full scale rebuild. Yeah. Thibel, Maxi, maybe even Minnesota throws in Jared Culver or something like that. Yeah, that, that's something I, I think Anthony Edwards, if he's on the table, like I said, I, I don't know if uh, the Timberwolves are willing to move him. But if you can get Anthony Edwards and some draft picks from the Timberwolves or Sixers or, or both, I think you position yourself in, in a really good uh, manner. Yeah, Minnesota's got to do something because they have D'Angelo Russell, Malik Beasley and Anthony Edwards all on the roster. Plus, they're paying Ricky Rubio $17 million. They got to do something with that guard rotation. Like some people have to go unless they're going to have to find like a really creative coach that can run a three guard rotation. Yeah. And, and I'm not seeing that happen. And also that's, a, that's another name. I'm glad you said that uh, Malik Beasley, who's on a reasonable salary coming off of a, a 20 point per game season that was cut short due to injury. Um, I, I think Portland could have some interest in him maybe. He, he's somewhat young, um, not, not as young as like Anthony Edwards or, or Tyrese Maxey, not that young. But I think he's someone that you could possibly build with who's on a reasonable salary. Right. And honestly, it's just it's almost a shame that I the, the player that I would love in a Simmons trade probably not going to happen because who knows what the hell the Kings are doing. But uh, De'Aaron Fox, a lot of people are kind of down on him. I'm not like I just think that. He, he hasn't he's he's not the best shooter in the world or anything like that but he's certainly better than Simmons so I mean I'll 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 take that but if the Sixers are in win now and maximizing Embiid I do understand that Fox might not work as well as somebody like Lillard who can like plug and play and solve all your problems I I'm a huge De'Aaron Fox fan I, I love you him are a lot. Oh, yeah. I, I even have his shoes. I got his shoes right next to me. He, nice. he some air masks that are incredible. <laughs> Search him up if you don't know what they are. But, I will uh, do that at the end of this podcast. Oh, they're incredible. <laughs> but but De'Aaron, you know, he, he's a really talented playmaker. He's basically what, what John Wall was. Um, ah, pre-injuries. Pre-injury, yeah, of course. Um, very quick player. Somewhat of a shaky shooter. He had a really good sophomore year in terms of shooting. Uh, kind of fell back a little bit this year. Um, the, the only part about Fox that I wouldn't like, and, and Fox is someone that I would definitely pay attention to um, if he is available. He, he's someone I think that would be on the lowest tier that I would take for a Simmons deal. Right. Probably, probably alongside Zach Levine. Um, oh, but, we're, but, we're, not, we're not discussing Zach Levine on this podcast anymore. We're just not doing it. <laughs> okay sorry not doing it sorry i said the forbidden name i'm over i'm over zach levine trades guys like i'm over it just no <laughs> everybody knows my reasons long story short i don't believe in the guy that is one good stats on a bad team and two had one season where all of his offensive numbers were up across the board i don't believe in that kind of guy i'm sorry that's just me but yeah the only the only part about a, a Levine trade that I wouldn't like would be from a contract standpoint, just with him being a free agent. Oh God. But, but, but going back to De'Aaron Fox, the only part that I wouldn't like about that deal. Well, well, two things really. 
Um, from an age standpoint, I think you need players that are in their prime or really close to their prime next to Joel Embiid. Uh, you want to match up the best you can with that. De'Aaron Fox is a little bit on the younger side. Um, and, and the other aspect of it that I, that I wouldn't necessarily like is just that De'Aaron Fox, like Ben Simmons, is, is a transition player. He's best in transition. Yeah. Though I will say De'Aaron Fox is a much, much better half-court player than Ben Simmons. And he's, and he's not someone that you're going you're, you're gonna to hack and, and get away with that or, or anything like that sag 20 feet away from him oh yeah no 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 (laughs) Uh, apparently sacramento is gonna retool though i I saw a report that they're making buddy available they're gonna try and build around fox and halliburton so we'll see how that goes yeah that would be smart of sacramento let's see if they actually do it um we're talking about contracts and there's another big name contract that we have to discuss albeit briefly might be a short question with his all-star slash all nba appearance joel Embiid is eligible for the supermax does he get that in this offseason because i believe he's got two years left on his current deal before they have to extend him again yeah so so just providing a little bit context to this question joel like you said is eligible for the supermax uh if he does sign it this offseason or this season he would get a four-year supermax if he doesn't sign it and if he makes all nba next season he would be eligible for a five-year supermax uh which would kick in after his current contract is up so that's an interesting question that we're going to see play out joel recently just shifted agencies he's right he's now a free agent in terms of that uh which which i understand this is going to be the biggest payday probably of his career you want you want to get it right you want to have someone you trust negotiating for you it's a big deal um i i think if i'm joel and his agent i would probably take the four year supermax just given his injury history is, is a little bit spotty so if you have a, a four year supermax deal laid out i i would i think that's better to take than maybe possibly getting a five-year supermax in case you know knock wood nothing bad happens right the, the, you know the uncertainty surrounding that um but at the same time you don't have to hit the panic button if he doesn't take the supermax like i said i i think he will but there is a chance that he might want another year on that supermax if he's confident that he can get all nba next season he very well might do that. It's and, and that's not the end of the world. The, the key this offseason, and this is the biggest point of this offseason, is inking that deal with him and avoiding his impending unrestricted free agency in 2022-2023. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity. But giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge, that takes a team. Now more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's insight assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school 
that might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. The Sixers actually have some unrestricted free agents, so it's perfect segue. Uh, you noted in your column they have four unrestricted free agents this summer: Dana Green, Furkan Korkmaz, Dwight Howard, and Mike Scott. Of those four, I think Korkmaz is the one that probably stays. I don't know about the other three. What do you think? <laughs> That's funny because I've I've heard I've heard it from both sides. I've heard people that are like, "Oh, he's gone." Um, and, and I've heard people say that that Danny is gone and, and Danny might be gone because Keith Pompey of, of the Philly Inquirer put out a piece. And I don't know if it's speculation. I don't know if it was a source report or what have you. So disclaimer with that. Uh, but he said Danny Green might is looking like he won't re- be a sixer next season. So I, I take that for what you will, like I said. <laughs> I, I don't know if that's speculation. I don't know if that's a report. It is impossible to tell. Um, but but it's interesting because Firkin is the only player out of that group who has full bird rights, meaning the Sixers can sign him for however much they want if they choose to do so. I mean, um, they could they they could sign him to the max if they really wanted to. I don't suggest they do it, but they could if they wanted to. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's tough to say with Firkin because I, I think. He is a spark plug off the bench, the, the role he's been with the Sixers for the past two years, and, and that's not a diss to him. Uh, he does well within his role. I, I think that suits him well. He's also improved as a defender. I, I think he's a passable defender. Um, that's tough to say because teams value shooting so much. Right. right? You, you look at guys, Joe Harris, Davis Bertans, those are all 40% three-point years getting paid $80 million plus. Now, I, I don't think anyone's going to throw Firk in a contract like that, but there will definitely be teams bidding for him. And if I'm the Sixers, I probably wouldn't offer him a deal m- more than 9 or $10 million. I think that would be my absolute most that I would offer him. Otherwise, uh, I would look at someone like Isaiah Joe, who, who showed some flashes. He needs to put on some weight, but – I think he's someone that could possibly be groomed to be a Korkmaz replacement if it does get a bit too expensive. Yeah, Furkan, I feel, is in that, like, if he hits the market, he's in that, you know, Doug McDermott style of, like, uh, player that any team wants. Just somebody that can knock down threes, like, whenever they get an open look. And you're right. There, there's a premium on guys like that. Like you could see Furkan getting like nine, 10, maybe even 12 million a season from some team, be it Indiana or I don't know. It, it would suck. But I mean, if he secures the bag with him, the Furkan to the Knicks kind of makes a little bit of sense because they don't really have a whole lot of outside shooting. Yeah. But, I mean, you could, you could put all other 29 teams as possible series for Korkmaz. Just the ones with cap space. Exactly. Every, (laughs) every shooting. Um, But, but my guess, if I had to make a prediction would be that he gets similar to what Doug McDermott got a few years with the Indiana Pacers, which was the full scale mid-level exception, which was around 
uh, eight million. So I, I think Firkin would be in that ballpark. Something that I always forget about that the Sixers have, and they haven't used it yet. I'm wondering if Daryl is going to use it this offseason. That $8.1 million Al Horford trade exception that expires on December 8th. Uh, it's funny because I honestly forgot that they had that. Um, could the can the Sixers do anything with that of note? Maybe package it with a draft pick or something? Because I, I doubt they're going to do anything of like real merit with whatever pick they have. And it's like the 27th, 28th, something like that. Yeah. So with trade exceptions, you, you unfortunately can't trade them. The, the only thing that you can do with them is absorb salary. Uh, that, that trade exception is worth around 8.1 million for those unfamiliar. Um, and it does expire. I forget the exact date, but it does expire uh, in December of this year. Uh, so it's, so I just can't think of like a player. Like, are there any players that come to mind that would be worth such an exception? Because I yeah. can't think of one off the top of my head, unless I'm seriously missing. Yeah. So I listed uh, a few p- players that weren't on rookie contracts. Now, obviously, there, there's a lot of young players that are within that salary range. Uh, but an NBA vet that comes to mind that could be a potentially good fit for the Sixers, especially if, if Birkin or and or Danny leaves would be uh, the Cleveland Cavaliers forward, uh, Shetty Osman. I've loved Shetty Osman for years. If the Sixers can get Shetty Osman, I will buy a boathouse Shetty the day <laughs> he signs. I'm not even kidding. Yeah, and, and I think there's a good chance that they possibly look to move on from him this offseason. Keep in mind they have a young forward in Isaac uh, Okoro who, who showed some flashes of, of being a productive two-way player. I think Shetty would make a lot of sense for the Sixers. He could provide some playmaking on the wing. He's a capable shooter. And I think he can hold his own defensively. Uh, so he's someone that I think you could absorb within that exception and, and automatically have a productive forward with, with some ball handling skills off the bench, which could definitely come in handy. You also have DJ Augustine on this list, who I feel like has been a, a, a Sixer or a future Sixer for like five seasons now. His name always comes up. <laughs> yes. I, I think he's a lot less likely, though, you know, assuming that they hang on to Ben in the majority of this roster and they, and they keep it intact just because of, of the loaded backcourt they have. They have Shake, they have Tyrese, they have Seth, they have Ben, who is technically a guard. Don't get mad at me for saying that. <laughs> <laughs> um, so so I, I think that's a little bit less likely unless all of a sudden you see a Ben Simmons deal where some of the roster gets gutted, then. I think that might be somewhere that you could look because Houston is, is not anywhere close to competing as currently constructed. This is something I'm going to be paying a lot of attention to, especially since you also bring it up in your column, uh, the, the luxury tax situation that the Sixers have. If there are seemingly more moves to avoid the salary cap, that's going to make uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the luxury tax. If there are moves to make sure that the Sixers don't really hit that luxury tax, there's going to be a lot of fans that are disappointed. However, if there are more moves where Josh Harris is like, F it, we're going for it right now, I think that it's going to be a heck of a lot more positive. Um, which is, is there like a happy medium that Josh is probably going to want to work in? Or is he going to go to one of the extremes, do you think? It, it, it's... You know, it's tough to say, and it becomes 
you know, it's a factor with all contending teams because you got great players that obviously need paid. Uh, it, it's a tough thing to navigate. Now, now there are ways that they can save some money in that extent. They can uh, trade away George Hill or they could wave and stretch his, his partially guaranteed salary. And that would cut down quite a significant amount of, of luxury tax. Uh, they could choose not to use their, their taxpayers mid-level exception, which is going to be worth around 5 million. Uh, they can choose to do that. And they actually didn't fully utilize that last season. They, they kind of cut it up into bits and, and didn't use it fully. Uh, so, so there are things to do with that. Uh, but I will say that it's probably best to, to utilize it. You've got Joel's best two to three years ahead of you. If you're not going to do it now, you're, you're not going to do it ever. And if you're serious about winning, I think you have to go all in and, you know, it's going to be tough to see how they navigate that, especially if they trade for someone like Damian Lillard, who will be on a super max deal that actually kicks in next season. So you would have three guys between Harris and Bead and Lillard in, in that sense, making near hundred million in salary just between those three guys. And that's even before mentioning Joel super max, if he signs that. So that's a lot of committed money to just three players. It, it really is. And when you talk about it, it just I think when you're talking about Joel Embiid's prime and not wasting it and getting something out of it, if it's just one championship, just get something out of his prime, because a lot of organizations have had players come and go in their prime and just, it just does not happen. Um, as far as possible free agent targets, there aren't a whole lot of it's not a whole lot of options there because the Sixers don't have a whole lot of cap space, but the sign and trade market is always fun. That, that's always intriguing. Um, Kyle Lowry, you bring him up and yeah, if there's a sign and trade for Kyle Lowry that works where you can somehow field a starting five of Lowry Simmons, insert player X, Tobias and Embiid, I think I would be all in favor of that. I just don't know if, well, let's just put it this way. Uh, a Kyle Lauer sign and trade. Is that even financially doable given the Sixers cap situation? It is. Yes. You would, you would likely not see Danny green return and you would probably see George Hill um, involved within, the, within the trade just because of the salary he makes. Um, assuming he's willing to take a deal less than 20 million. Yes, that is the big one. It is pretty doable. Now, that being said, Lowry is much, much older than, than a lot of the free agents I have listed there. Um, and obviously, he's in his twilight years. So his play isn't going to necessarily get better from here on out. Uh, so, so that's something you have to weigh. And you also have to weigh, hey, like what happens if Damian Lillard becomes available? Or what happens if Steph Curry, and, and that's much more of a reach than Damian Lillard, but what happens if Steph Curry becomes available? Because I wouldn't love a, a backcourt of Lowry and Lillard or or Lowry and, and Curry, you know, defensively, they would just get carved up. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's going to be interesting to see how they navigate that because it seems like with Damian Lillard, and, and I keep circling back to this because this is this is a huge talking point of this offseason. Um, I, I think Damian Lillard's going to wait to see what Portland does with its roster. Do they re-sign Norman? 
uh, what do they do in terms, do they trade CJ? And then I think he'll make a decision. I, I think it'll be a late decision. So it'll be interesting to see how the Sixers navigate building a roster in the draft and, and free agency with, with possible trades uh, or signings, because you might build a team for, for Ben Simmons and, and Embiid again. And then all of a sudden, Hey, guess what? Damian Lillard's available. And if you do get him, then, do you have a team that suits him? Do you have defenders around him? So, so it's going to be really tough to navigate that. Now, I'm going to say something that might sound a little bit unpopular around Sixers Nation because you have another player here named as a possible sign-and-trade target. I'm not 100% against the idea of a sign-and-trade for DeMar DeRozan. Wow, okay. That... I'm not 100% against it. DeMar, that's tough. That, that's really tough. I, I, I'm against it, but not 100%, right? If it's like, if this is the best they could do and DeMar DeRozan's the sign and trade deal isn't completely complete, if it's not like Tobias level bad, I think I can stomach it. That, that's tough. I would, I would be more open to it if you told me Ben Simmons wasn't on the roster. But DeMar... Okay. <laughs> DeMar is obviously not not a three-point shooter. He didn't even really attempt him in the past few years in, in San Antonio. I feel like he does at least kind of help the, the half-court offense problem. Yeah, I, I mean, he's a capable shot maker, obviously gifted mid-range shooter, decent finisher, really underrated playmaker. Um, I just I, – I don't love it. I, I don't think that's necessarily the way to go. I think you can get – better shot makers even if it isn't like like a Damian Lillard even if it isn't the big names um I I think you can get a better fit than that uh, another player that I have listed uh as a sign and trade target possibly assuming the Sixers stay under the uh apron would be uh Charlotte's Devontae Graham who would be a much much better fit uh is capable of getting his own shot and he's really one of the best high volume three-point shooters in the NBA isn't he like under 26 though? Like why would Charlotte give him up? Well, you, you have to look at Charlotte's situation because you have LaMelo ball. Who's, who's obviously a stud. He's going to be really good for years to come. Right. You probably want the ball in his hands. And then you also have Terry Rozier. Who's coming off of a really efficient 20 point per game season. Who's under a reasonable contract. Yeah. Does Devonte Graham fit into that? And even, even if Charlotte thinks that, the, if I'm Devontae Graham or his agent, do I want to be a backup after averaging, what was it, like 16 and, and 7 in, in his sophomore year? Probably not. It, it feels like the similar kind of situation that Minnesota's in, where they have like three really playable guards and only two technical guard spots. Yeah, and, and I mean, all, all these guards that we're mentioning are are, are – really young Terry Rozier is the oldest who he even isn't that old. And, and none of this is even mentioning Malik Monk, who all of a sudden looks like he's, he's a capable positive impact player. Um, Do they want to bring him back on a reasonable deal and have him be a spark plug off the bench? Charlotte has a really loaded backcourt situation. And and in my opinion, Devontae Graham's the odd man out. I think I might agree with you. Um, and Devontae Graham on the Sixers, either in the starting lineup or in a bench role. Uh, yeah, holy God, that solves a, a crap ton of problems. 
I, I really like it, especially if you trade Simmons for, for a wing of some kind, maybe. Uh, Devontae Graham is a really underrated playmaker, really gifted. And he's someone that isn't afraid to take seven or eight threes a game, which would open up wonders for Joel Embiid. Uh, he, he's struggled a bit with efficiency. He's not the best defender in the world. Uh, but but you have guys like Joel Embiid. You have guys like Matisse Thibel that are – capable of, of possibly covering those blemishes. I'm just saying, you know what? You we're, <laughs> you bring up wings and uh, possible destinations for, for Ben Simmons. And it just, it just gets me back to, you know, that, that team on the West coast that plays in San Francisco. I say it all the time. I say it on like every podcast. I'm not giving up on the man. Uh, if, if Clay Thompson is gettable, then hell, let's call Golden State. Let's see what's up. No, I'm kidding. It was a joke. Totally joking. I am very aware that Clay is coming off of like two Achilles surgery. So it's fine. I'm not over him, but I'm not trading Ben Simmons for him. I, I was worried. I, I heard Golden State and Wing, and I thought you were going to say Andrew Wiggins. Hell no. I, was- I would never, I would never advocate for the trade of Andrew Wiggins or for Andrew Wiggins. Never in a million years. <laughs> he's, he scared me there. Andrew One Wiggins could like, Andrew okay. Wiggins could score 40 points a game in a season. I'd still be like, no, I don't want Andrew Wiggins. No way. <laughs> okay, fair, fair. <laughs> uh, it's going to be a fun offseason. It's always a fun offseason with the team. There's always something happening. Be it a new GM, new coach, new, new this, new that, new whatever. Uh, it's going to be fun. And we here at Liberty Ballers, we're all going to be here to cover it and uh, help you make sense of all this and maybe even commiserate if the Sixers somehow make the wrong deal here. But uh, I'm positive. Harrison's positive simply because it's Daryl in the front office. It's, it's, it's the guy you want in the front office, right? Oh, yeah. This is Daryl Morey's first real offseason with the team. First before, real offseason. Before, it was all you know shoved into one week, and even in that, he turned one year of Josh Richardson into three years of Seth Curry and flipped Al Horford's deal into Danny Green. So all of a sudden, now Daryl has some things to work with. He still has the majority of his first-round picks. He's got some workable salaries with possibly a sign-and-trade with Danny Green. You got George Hill's contract, which is very useful in trades. I, while I get some fancy uh, doom and gloom, after last series, I, I do see a lot of opportunities, and I am confident that Daryl Morey will do the right thing. The the Sixers and Daryl Morey have most of their first round picks, which is something you cannot say about the Brooklyn Nets or the Los Angeles Clippers. Oh yeah, oh yeah, they, they only have one, and and that was the twenty twenty five pick in <laughs> OKC. So outside of that, they got all of their first round picks. Harrison Grimm, always a pleasure having you on the podcast, my friend. Uh, stay cool. Knock, knock it off with the lawn work for the rest of the weekend. Like, for real. I'm serious. <laughs> I'm serious now. I don't need you falling over on me before the season starts next season. No, no, I got to survive to see this Damian Lillard trade, which is totally going to happen. I'm which sure. is totally going to happen while you're mowing your fifth lawn of the weekend. <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. Harrison Grimm, you can find him on Twitter at Harrison underscore underscore Grimm. Read his offseason primer column, which is on Liberty Ballers right now. And uh, yeah, that's it. That's all we got from Harrison, our boy. Uh, Always pleasure talking to you, my man. Thank you for having me on. I had fun. Thank you. (laughs)